0: Before uh, I have my opening, I thought we would sing a song together. So let's turn in our hymn books to number 128 and sing Angels from the Realms of Glory, 128. I don't think there will be any words on the screen today. Shouldn't have chosen such a terribly high song to sing first. <laughs> that would have helped. Well, uh, I don't know if any of you were here last night, uh, but we had a really fine concert here yesterday. The Winkler uh, Community Male Choir was here, and it was yeah, it was really good. It was good to be part of it, and uh, good to see a great number of people show up for it, in spite of the weather. So, uh, and somebody said to me after that, now it feels like Christmas. and uh, Isn't that right, eh? Like, we're just accustomed to going to Christmas concerts and and, and having these celebrations. And uh, with choirs on the wane, it seems like uh, a harder thing to find. But we have the word of God, and that does not fade. Let me read for you from Luke chapter one. And this is Zechariah's response uh, to, the, to, the, uh, to his son's birth. First of all, he addresses the, the, the son of God, and then he addresses his own son. Here's, here's what it says. And his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace." What a wonderful prophecy. And uh, we see that it has happened for all who believe that they have uh, come to forgiveness of sins and the hope of eternal life. Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we are so thankful this morning that you love us. And you demonstrated that love by sending your son into this world. To think of all that he had to let go to become like us is astounding. And we thank you because we realize that he had to become like us in order to, uh, he had to become human to bear the punishment for human sin. And so we thank you, Father, for that, that he came in the flesh to save us from our sins. Fathers, we uh, spend this next hour in worship. We pray that you would inhabit our thoughts, our minds, our hearts, and that this would be an hour of worship to you from us in all sincerity. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's keep singing. Uh, Let's sing number 115. Come the long-expected Jesus, 115. Turn to number one thirty eight. Well shepherds watch their flocks by night. I turned here, you know, and I thought, wow, all those verses. But you know, they all tell they all tell one story. You can't actually leave it one out. So here we go.
1: start by reading Isaiah chapter 7 verses 10 till 16. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be deep as Sheol, or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men, that you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name emmanuel he shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good for before the boy knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good the land whose two kings you dread will be deserted psalm 80 verses 1 to 7 and 17 give ear o shepherd of israel you who lead shepherd joseph like a flock you who are enthroned upon the cherubim shine forth before ephraim and benjamin and Manasseh. stir up your might and come to save us restore us o god let your face shine that we may be saved o lord god of hosts how long will you be angry with your people's prayers you have fed them with the bread of tears and given them tears to drink in full measure you make us an object of contention for our neighbors and our enemies laugh among themselves Restore us, O God of hosts. Let your face shine, that we may be saved. Then we shall not turn back from you. Give us life, and we will call upon your name.
2: Romans 1 verses 1 through 7. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, who was descended from David, Grace to you and peace from our God and Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Shall we pray? Lord, we thank you today for the privilege of gathering together to worship you. In the season of advent of the birth of Christ, we are thankful for you For your word given to us in the holy scriptures which not only foretells us of the things to come but always gives us hope and reassurance of the prophecies you have fulfilled since creation we look forward expectantly to the promises you have given us which are to come rejoicing in the knowledge of our redemption from sin and our adoption into your family may we never forget how faithful you are and how you have lavished your love upon us through your plan of salvation by sending Jesus Christ to be our Savior. May we always boldly proclaim your love for us to all those around us, and always ensure to keep Christ the center and focal point of our celebrations, not only during the Christmas season, but throughout our daily activities as we go about our lives. We ask that you would reflect the light of Christ into the darkness around us so others can see his glory. Amen.
0: If you take your bulletins, we'll look at a few announcements here. There are a number of things to mention, and so I'll just go through them quickly. Uh, Myron also has an announcement, so you can make your way up. Our missionaries of the week are uh, um, Preston and Myra. I uh, I don't have any information from them at this time. Myron. Good morning. The missions committee is looking for a little bit of help. We need uh, a few drivers
2: Sunday morning. We have a few members or uh, attenders that need help getting to church and home again. And uh, so we'd like enough drivers so that you'd only have to serve one time a month and only pick up one person. So if you would please consider this service opportunity, and if you uh, want to serve in this way, then please call Bill Fair. His number's in the bulletin. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you, Mark. Then uh, we also have, uh, in the life of the church, uh, the men's prayer time. We are meeting on Wednesday mornings at 7 a.m. here in our church. All you men are welcome. If, um, if, there's, I guess there's no if. Yeah, you're all welcome, <laughs> and we'd, love, we'd love, to, love to see you there. Uh, first time we had eight, and the second time, I can't remember how many we had. Last time we had six. And so, uh, and and we know that you can't make it every time, but if you would care to come and join us and pray for our church and for uh, the work that's going on uh, around the world and in our community and even for each other, we want to support each other in prayer as well. Um, Take note of an opportunity uh, to look at the artwork of one of our members. Terry Clausen photography exhibit is on display now and uh, you can you can be part of a tour on December 29. Annual committee reports are due, please read that. And I got a letter some time ago but haven't had opportunity to share it um, as as one of the organizers of the summer uh, worship service that we have in the park we chose uh, Pemida Valley Pregnancy Care Center to receive some of the proceeds, and uh, this is a thank you letter for that, and because you also have maybe given to that ministry, I would just like to read this. She says, you have given so that people you don't even know can find hope for tomorrow. You have given so that women who have nev- whom you have never met will have encouragement, support, and accurate information in their decision making. It's hard to put into words how grateful we are. We see the faces, we hear the voices, we see the chubby cheeks of, of a newborn, we pass Kleenexes to catch tears, we listen and we love. And all of this happens because you have joined us in this passionate uh, mission of mercy and hope. And so they just express uh, a great uh, a great thank you to the community for supporting that ministry. And And we know how important that ministry is in this day and age. So continue to pray for the Pregnancy Care Centre. And speaking of babies, we have a new one in our church, Uh, born to uh, Keith and Stephanie Beattie, a baby girl. Her name is Mirai, it's a Japanese name, she says that means future. And so they are very delighted to welcome this little one into the world. So next time you see them. Uh, Yeah, you bet, (laughs) that's good news isn't it, it's great news. Uh, Then we've got people in the hospital, Dave Dick, Dorothy Hebert, Jeremiah Alexier, Dora Peters, John Suderman, let's uh, continue to remember them. Uh, Some journeys are different than others, Um, and also some are probably preparing to go home, we also have had people in our church that have experienced uh, health care under, under uh, surgeon's care. Uh, Diane Fraze had s- surgery recently, Jack said it was successful, and so we're thankful for that. Abe Weeb, who had surgery a few weeks ago, I think was trying to make it home for yesterday. I don't know if he did or not. Is Abe here? I don't think Abe is here yet, eh? Kay. So he's anyways expecting to make it home. And uh, Bill and Marianne's great granddaughter, Drew, who has been under intense uh, care uh, for her condition, um, got an email and it was affirmed again this morning by Bill that uh, right now things are looking good. I mean, there's still a lot of things that need attention, but uh, yesterday he said she looked good and it, it, the situation looked good. Anyways, there was room for, there a uh, cause for hope and, and rejoicing there. And an expression of sympathy. Carol Clausen passed away Sunday, December 11th. Her funeral was held on Friday, December 16th. She was a wife to Hank Clausen, a mother to Jared and Callie, and also Jesse and Destiny and their families. So let's remember Hank Clausen, as he grieves, mourns, and uh, as we do also with him. I'll ask the ushers to come forward at this time. Would you bow to pray? Father in heaven, we thank you that you are a good God, that you care for us, that you see us where we are, and that you tend to our needs. We thank you that you are with those uh, the, with the missionaries of our congregation. This morning we think of Preston and Myra and, uh, and the work that they are doing and how that has far-reaching effects around the world. And we pray that you would uh, tend to the seeds that are planted there and that it would that it would uh, produce fruit. We also pray for them as a family, that you would uh, give them joy in, in being able to meet with their children this Christmas and to celebrate the birth of Jesus, and that you would keep their faith and keep their marriage. We also thank you, Father, for the many things that are happening in our church. There are ministries happening. There are, uh, uh, people are meeting for prayer. Uh, people are doing all kinds of work, uh, outreach work and work within the church. Father, you know how each one is working. We pray that you would um, add your blessing and that it would prove to be good for the church what is happening. We also pray, Father, that you would be with those who suffer various conditions, and you know who they are, Father. We mentioned them by name. I pray, Father, that at this time when people suffer, that they would sense your presence, that they would be Uh, cry out to you, and that their faith would be strengthened, that they would be encouraged in faith as they face their various trials. And then, Father, we also remember um, Hank, who has lost his wife, and she was a friend to many. And we pray, Father, that you would meet him in his hour of sorrow. We also recognize that there are still many others who are tender from having lost a loved one and still feeling bruised, and we pray that you would minister to them as well. And that you would also open our eyes uh, when we see our brothers and sisters mourning, grieving, having a hardship, that we would come alongside and be an encouragement to them. Father, we also thank you for new life for this uh, baby girl that you have given to Keith and Stephanie. What a joy, it's an exciting thing to see. Thank you that you are in every part of our lives and that we can trust you in every step of our journey. And so now, now Father, as we want to return to you with grateful hearts and with thanksgiving, uh, some of the abundance which you have uh, lavished upon us, we pray that you would accept our offerings and use them for the building up of your church, in Jesus' name, amen.
3: mm Today's scripture reading is from Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 1 through 20. So, Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinus was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went to the town of Nazareth in Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, house, because he belonged to the house of and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came to debate for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in the manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Saviour has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. That's far the word of
4: reading.
5: Thank you, John, for reading the scripture this morning for us. <clears throat> Indeed, it is good to be in the house of the Lord, especially during the Christmas season when we can sing the songs, the hymns. We can praise the Lord. We are especially thankful for the musicians that we have within our church. And thank you, Carol, for coming and playing with us. We're glad that we have faithful individuals. And then we have, of course, Abe and George George, who are able to play the guitars, and it's great. And then Pastor Victor is able to come and lead us in worship. We are blessed people when we have those who will share their gifts with us. Uh, just a couple announcements that I just wanted to draw you to. Just in regards to Christmas Day, just want to accent one thing, and that is at 10 a.m. next Sunday. That's when Christmas Day is taking place and the service is taking place. So mark that down. Instead of 9:30, it's going to be 10 o'clock in the morning. And then just to add to that. Um, Next, the, the prayer time for the men's prayer time on Wednesdays is going to be taking place first on January the 11th, so right up until this time. um, It's been concluded for this year. But we encourage you to be praying about prayer time and pray that other people will be joining us. Prayer is such an essential part of the church. If we do not pray, God will not move. We need to pray and bring things before the Lord. As I said, it's very special for us to come and sing the hymns, especially the Christmas carols. Do you realize that when many of those songs were written, they were written many years ago, we only sing about maybe six verses. In the original, there'll be maybe 15, 16, 18 verses. Can you imagine that? But those songs tell the story of the birth of the king. And then not only that, growing up and even going to the cross for us. We are a privileged people that we can gather in the house of the Lord and we can sing praises unto him. I want to read the lyrics to a song entitled, Where's the Line to See Jesus? Where is the line to see Jesus? But first I would like to give you some background on how the song came to be written. While at the mall a few years ago, Becky Kelly's then four-year-old nephew, Spencer, saw kids lined up to see Santa Claus. Having been taught as a toddler that Christmas is the holiday that Christians celebrate the birth of Jesus, he asked his mom, Mom, where's the line to see Jesus? Where's the line to see Jesus? Becky's sisters mentioned this to her father, Steve Haupt, who immediately became inspired and jotted down some of the words to the song in a few minutes. Matter of fact, this individual was the fellow that played the organ and led the choir in his church. After putting music to words and doing a quick home recording, he received a great response from friends. Her father asked if Becky wanted to record the song to see what could happen with it. And Becky listened to the song, made a few changes, and headed to Shock City studio. Two weeks before Christmas, her cousins decided to do a quick video to see what could be accomplished on YouTube? The first day it had 3,000 hits. Then it soared to over a million. And today there's over 5 million hits on that one song. The first, um, pardon me, the most important thing, what they wanted to accomplish with that song was to point, G, uh, point people to the true meaning of Christmas. The true meaning of Christmas is Jesus in the manger. The true meaning of Christmas, of him coming into this world and identifying with us, being fully God, fully man, and eventually living his life and going to the cross to redeem mankind. So here are the lyrics that are, were, were written. Where's the line to see Jesus? Christmas time was approaching. The snow was starting to fall. Shoppers choosing their presents, people filling the mall. Children waiting for Santa with excitement and glee. A little boy tugged my sweater, looked up, and asked me, where's the line to see Jesus? Is he here in the store? Is, if Christmas time is his birthday, why don't we see him more? "'I stood amazed at the message profound. "'I looked down to thank him, and he was nowhere around. "'The little boy at the mall might as might as well had wings. "'As the tears filled my eyes, I thought I heard him sing. "'Where is the line to see Jesus? "'Is he here at the store? "'If Christmas time is his birthday, why don't we see him more? "'Where is the line to see Jesus?' He was born for me, Santa Claus brought me gifts, but Christ gave his life for me. In a blink of an eye, at the sound of his trump, we'll all stand in line at his throne. Every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Where's the line to see Jesus? Is he here at the store? If Christmas time is his birthday, why don't we see him more? Where's the line to see Jesus? He was born for me. Santa Claus brought me gifts, but Christ gave his life for me. Where's the line? Where's the line? Where's the line for the Lord? Close quote. Every Christmas, there are lines. There is a line to see Santa Claus. There is a line to buy gifts. There is a line for the festive season. There is a line to spend time with family and friends. However, in our lives, do we have time to spend with Jesus, or do we make him wait in line? Do we make him wait in line for us? This morning, we want to continue on the fourth message of the four-part series entitled The Incredible Gift. The incredible gift is so great. It is God himself coming into this world, he who is the creator, becoming a babe, wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in the manger, identifying with us, and understanding our plight, our plight in life. He is the creator. And he then stood in our place, incredible to give his life—the incredible gift. So far, the first was the foretelling of the gift; the second was the reason for the gift; the third was the anticipation of the gift, and today, and today, the receiving of the gift. Let's pray, Heavenly Father. You came into, or you sent your Son into this world two thousand years ago. And when he came, he came as a babe. And somehow we've heard the story many times, and sometimes it falls on deaf ears. Give us a fresh, new insight, what it meant for you to leave the throne, your throne in heaven, and to come and give that up in order to become a man and then eventually go to the cross. Help us to understand the price that you paid. And at the same time, you loved us so much that you want to have a relationship with everyone who will bow their knee to you, surrender their lives, and you have promised that you will come in and you will transform them and you will never leave them or forsake them. I pray, Father, that you would give us new insight what it means to receive the gift. Thank you, Lord, that you are here we give the rest of this time into your hands amen the receiving of the gift yes the receiving of the gift number 1 came through a pagan governor and a chosen and chosen parents the receiving of the gift came through a pagan governor and chosen parents in those days, the scripture says, Caesar Augustus issued a decree at the census that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, of Syria, and everyone went to his hometown to register. Dr. Luke, who is actually a physician Um, who wrote the gospel, begins the Christmas story rooted in the history of the Roman rule. Caesar Augustus, born Gaius Octavius, was Julius Caesar's nephew and one of the Caesar's most powerful. He changed and renovated Rome and is known for the building of the armies and the road systems. The Roman Empire lasted more than a thousand years and was powerful and influential. When Caesar Augustus came to Rome, it was said he came when he, when he came, it was of brick, but he left it a marble of city. He did so much for Rome itself. Caesar Augustus was so influential, influential that many thought that he was God and immortal at his funeral. He just had such an impact on individuals. Not only that, it prepared the way, and God was using him as a way to tell the world the gospel with the way that the Roman Empire began to spread across the world. However, the Jews were not impressed with Roman rule. They may have been exempt from military service, but they were all required to pay taxes. Although they may have hated the Roman Empire, Caesar was very good because he let them go back to the place where they were born to pay taxes. Furthermore, he allowed them um, to travel when they wanted to. God used Caesar and his taxation census uh, census to get Mary and Joseph to the exact place they needed to be to fulfill the prophecy where Christ was to be born. Micah chapter five, verse two says this, but you Bethlehem, Ephrath, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me "'Come for me, one who will be ruler over Israel, "'who origins are from old, from ancient times.'" How did God know that Mary and Joseph would travel to Bethlehem as a child, as, uh, with a child? How did, they, how did he know? The answer is that God was in charge. He worked through a pagan governor, Caesar Augustus, making it happen. When God allowed the prophets to prophesy something, it's not that just God foreknew what was going to happen. He had his charge in it. He had his plans, and everything would happen, and God makes things happen, whether you're a believer or whether you're not a believer. God is always in control. He's always sovereign, and nothing happens unless it passes through his will, and he allows it to take place place. Luke now informs us what happened when Joseph and Mary enter the scene. Verse 4 and 5 says this, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. Mary and Joseph were God's chosen parents for for the coming Messiah. Mary would be the mother of Jesus, and since the child was conceived by God through the Holy Spirit, Joseph would adopt the child as his own. It is hard to imagine that Mary, while she was pregnant, would travel with Joseph 80 miles from Nazareth to Bethlehem to give birth to this child. Can you imagine how bumpy that was, especially when she was at the end of her pregnancy and they traveled and it must have been difficult. However, she did, and God was with them every step of the way. Warren Worsby says this, God had promised the Savior would be a human and not an angel, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, and Hebrews chapter 2, verse 16. A Jew and not a Gentile, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, and Numbers chapter 24, verse 17. He would be from the tribe of Judah, Genesis chapter 49, verse 10, and the family of David, second seven, verses one through 17. Born of a virgin, Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14. In Bethlehem, the city of David, Micah chapter five, verse two, close quote. Now, verse six and verse seven of Luke chapter two says this, while they were there, The time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her first son son. and she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. There was no special location or fancy place for Jesus to be born, just a stable and a manger for his bed. Think about that. When we have children, we get a room ready for them, we're excited, and when they come, we're gonna have all the things that they need in order to bring this child up. Jesus had none of that. He came to a stable and a manger where the animals ate. I love the song, Away in the Manger, but there's one part that I don't agree with theologically. It says this, away in the manger, no crib for a bed. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the bright sky looked down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. That's good. But then this part is not so accurate. The cattle are lowing, the baby awakes. But little Lord Jesus, but the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. I believe that Jesus cried like any other baby. When his tummy was empty, he felt the pain. He cried for his mom and that's how he would let his mom know that he needed food. Jesus came and dwelt among us and identified with us. He knows what it 's like to feel pain and rejection, and as adult and as an adult he wept over Jerusalem when they rejected his salvation. he wept and the scripture says his bosom heaved, his chest heaved because he loved the people so much, and they were turning his back on him. Jesus identified with us in every way except He was without sin. He was the spotless Lamb of God, pure, righteous, and holy, and everything in regards to that, what we are not. He was everything in regards to giving us his righteousness that we needed. So we can see that the receiving of the gift first came through the pagan governor and the chosen parents that God worked through. God was at work putting everything together so that it would fall into place. Second, the receiving of the gift number 2 came as an invitation to see the savior. The receiving of the gift came as an invitation to see the Savior, verses 8 through 13. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you you will find the baby wrapped in claws, lying in a manger, and suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Notice the angels of the Lord appeared to shepherds bringing the most extraordinary announcement that a Savior is born. A Savior is born like never before and never again. Once in all of creation, once in a lifetime, this would happen. Why shepherds shepherds and not Caesar Augustus? Why did he come to to the shepherds. Why not to a king or a priest or to scribes? The answer is that the shepherds represent mankind. Since the rest of society looked down upon them, they had no reason to be prideful, no reason at all. Thus, they were humble and willing to invite a savior into the world. They were willing to make the trip. They were willing to go and see. It's not that the rich or those high in position can't come, but the Lord makes his home in the hearts of the humble. And you can be rich and high in position, but the Lord makes his home in the humble, and everyone can humble themselves before the Lord. It is one thing to need a Savior, and it's another thing to receive him. It's one thing to need a savior and another thing to receive him. There is also a parallel between the shepherds and lambs. And here it is. The shepherds raised lambs which were sacrificed to free people from their sins. So when John the Baptist came, many were coming to him to be baptized. And John the Baptist speaks in John chapter 1 verse 29 the next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, "Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. The shepherds understood how important the lambs were to the people, how it were as important for worship, for everything, because it was a relationship between them and God. Although they did not equate Jesus at this time as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, they understood the value and the importance of a lamb. Indeed, a lamb was the gift that they could not do without. And so when Jesus came into this world, he is the gift that we cannot do without. We can't. It must have been overwhelming experience for the shepherds, because when the angels of the Lord appeared, the Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terrified. The skies were lit up, and they were told not to fear because they were in fear. Have you ever been
0: terrified?
5: Has your heart ever dropped? Or you were so scared? When our son, Ashton, was killed in a vehicle collision, Cheryl was the one who received the phone call from the first responders. As a matter of fact, first responders are not supposed to call you. It is supposed to be the police who come to your door. But this person knew us, and he called my wife to tell her what had happened. That is an announcement you don't want to hear. Then a little over a year later, I went hunting with a few of my friends for a couple of days. The next day when I was gone, the RCMP drove up to our home, and they've never come to our home before. And when they came up, Cheryl looked out, and she thought the first thing, oh no, they're coming to tell me bad news. And her heart just dropped. However, to her relief, They were searching for a person and wanted to know if she had seen this individual. Terror can come to our lives, to our hearts, and you can believe that the shepherds that day were terrified. They've never seen anything like this before, where the lights of heaven, they're brilliant and just come upon them. And so they had to be told, do not fear. The gift of God came to the shepherds as an invitation to come and see the Savior. The invitation, which I believe is the invitation to everyone, come and see the Savior. Now we come to the third step of receiving the gift. Number three was accepted by the shepherds and they spread the good news was accepted by the shepherds, and they spread the good news. Verses 15 through 20. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. And found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Those tending the sheep near Bethlehem were local shepherds, and the scriptures do not say how far they had to travel. Nevertheless, when the angels departed, the shepherds wasted no time in going and finding Mary and Joseph and the Savior who was laying in the manger. How could they find the child so quickly? They knew they were looking for a baby wrapped in swathing clothes and where lying in the manger. When we think of the stable, we often think of a wooden structure, and so it is with the nativity scene or places that we look at. But most scholars believe that the stable was actually a cave on the side of a hill or a mountain that was hewn out. And that's where the people would bring the animals and that they would find shelter. And this is where Christ was born, in a stable, there amongst the animals laying in the manger. Think about that. He laid in the straw in swathing clothes. I would imagine some of the straw maybe pricked through the cloth where he lay. He would have felt the pain. He would have felt the, it being uncomfortable. But this was the place where his, where his manger was. The shepherds are perfect examples of humble people who went and did what the angels told them. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. How do we know the shepherds were open to receiving the gift? How do we know? The answer is not only were they obedient to the Lord in finding the Savior, but they went out, took the initiative, and told others. I want you to think about that. They were so excited about finding the Savior that they were ready to share the good news with everyone. I often think of most people as myself and you have been raised in the church. Many of us have come to Christ when we were young. And somehow, sometimes we're just quite not excited about the coming of the Savior because Our lives maybe perhaps didn't resemble some of the people of today who find the Lord later in life. And when they do, they're so excited they go out and they share the gospel with everyone. Well, we have something to celebrate. And it's this, that our lives has been uh, transformed by Jesus Christ. He has spared us um, from lots of problems and heartaches that other people experience without the Lord. And we had the privilege of meeting him and now we have the privilege of going and sharing. So here are three things that we learn from the scripture this morning. First, For God to bring the most incredible gift, Jesus Christ, into the world, he worked through a pagan governor, Caesar Augustus, who issued a census so that Mary and Joseph would go to Bethlehem to fulfill a prophecy where the Savior was to be born. We learn that from this, God is in charge of everything and that nothing happens unless he ordains it and it comes from the Lord. He uses both believers and non-believers to accomplish his will. Second, the first people invited to come to be, uh, and, and be open to receiving the gift were the lowly shepherds. They knew from their own experience that raising lambs, um, that without them, no sacrifice could take place and that the lambs were crucial in order to have a relationship with God. Something always had to die for the sin. So Jesus came to save his people and set them free from sins, and Jesus was the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And although the lambs were sacrificed to the animals, they indeed only exemplified that Christ was going to be coming and stand in our place. Still, it is impossible for the blood of sheep and goats or any animal to take away the sins of a person and the world. It is only Jesus who is the Lamb of God. Finally, the shepherd did not keep this wonderful news to themselves. The shepherds did not keep the wonderful news to themselves, but they went out and told others, you and I cannot keep this wonderful news to ourselves. We must go. Who do you know who does does not know Jesus as their savior? I have friends, I have relatives, I have individuals that I know who do not know Jesus. I want to tell you, it is the hardest things to do to go and share the gospel with those who know you. And that's why we need to pray at this Christmas season that we have opportunities to share with those around us. No, we don't necessarily have to lead them to the Lord ourselves, but we must be praying for them. We must be making, taking opportunity to build a relationship with those who do not know Christ. And we must pray, God, give me an opportunity. And if you don't give me an opportunity, please bring someone else to share the gospel with them. We must make it a choice, and we must bring it before the Lord in prayer. The shepherds that day went out and told others, and Jesus tells us, go out and tell others about the greatest gift that has been given, the salvation of mankind
4: through him.
0: Thank you, Pastor Dean, for reminding us to receive and share the greatest gift ever given. Let's take our hymn books. Sing number 130, Silent Night. 130. Would you stand to sing?
5: Let's pray, Heavenly Father, as we come before you during this morning hour, we thank you for the greatest gift that was ever given, your Son, Jesus Christ. You poured out your love for us, so rich and free. Thank you, Lord, that we've had an opportunity to be raised in Christian homes. Thank you for the church that has been established here for 127 years already. Thank you, Lord, that we have been participants, been able to make decisions to follow you and to work in your church. I pray now, Lord, you'd give us a passion for those who do not know you. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us a heart so that we would pray as never before that others would find you as Savior and Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would go before us in everything, make our way straight, so that we can glorify you in everything. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace, amen.